Ladies and gentlemen, Kirk Thatcher and Darren Docterman, the Weirded Beardos. We're back again. It's the Beardos. Across from me is uh, Kirk Thatcher. Oh, I'm below you on uh, my screen. (laughs) (laughs) And scene. Thank you, everybody. Brilliant opening. Well done. (laughs) Hey, kid. Don't don't ever be scripted. Happy, I'm not even started drinking yet. Happy New Year's Eve day. Happy New Year's Eve. Yeah, this this uh, our second episode here. We are doing this on the the cusp, if you will, of a new year, 2024. It's, you, guys uh, in, you guys are living in the future, so I hope it went well for all of you. Well, you know, hopefully uh, this won't be the last you hear from us. We don't know what's going to happen. No, so, sadly, we are not prescient. Well, not anymore. No, I'm Prussian. We're not Prussian. <laughs> we're Prussian. We're we're uh, people from an old German c- city state. What was Prussia? I don't have ADHD. I don't remember. <laughs> I remember about Prussia. Yeah, it was part. I know it's a color of blue. Yes, other than that, blue. it wasn't part of Russia. It was Eastern. No, it, was it, it had nothing Germany. to do with Russia. Yeah. Right, it's part of Germany. They just stole the name. Uh, but we call it Russia, but you know, make it different. Put a P in front of it. Oh, that sounds good. It's P Russia. <laughs> and that—that's our history lesson for today. Uh, so, what have you been doing this last week of the year? <sighs> Organizing the chaos behind me slowly. Um, taking care of my kittens that I rescued. They're getting yes. bigger. I've been slowly introducing them to my four-year-old male cat who I've had for a year. It suddenly became the year of a, the, the 14 months of adopting cats. Um, and just relaxing a little bit. I literally took a couple days and did diddly squat, as they say in China. Sounds lovely. <laughs> diddly squat. Um, yeah, I literally laid around and watched YouTube. I'm, I'm a huge YouTube fan. For me, it's like the library, except it's videos. And, you know, I don't watch influencers i watch things about uh, steve zihan i enjoy he's a global uh, guy who's all into global politics and the dynamics of the world i find it interesting i watch stuff about ufos uaps i love that stuff richard dolan is really interesting to me and i just watch stuff about investing and finance and just i don't know any uh, computer software that i'm interested in i just kind of it's very it's <laughs> it's a very addictive drug for people with adhd because you can watch everything about anything and get nothing done, which is a perfect day for me to relax. I love YouTube and I don't watch conventional TV anymore. Um, I, I, I will just- during COVID, yeah, I stopped paying for it. I, I, I just put on YouTube and flip through and find all these fascinating things. Yeah, exactly, Hist- history stuff. I love, you know, the ancient aliens, kind of the weird woo-woo stuff and then just interesting things about medieval churches and how they were built and you know all the different theories the pyramids are great They're, the pyramids are the hitler of, of archaeology and that you know the nazis and hitler just there's so many videos about theories and stories and just how they were built and i need a t-shirt that says that the pyramids are the hitler of archaeology <laughs> there you go that's that's our that's our first available t-shirt wow only available in large, extra large, and triple extra large because I hate the fact that most T-shirts only go up to XL. Being a rather uh, husky gentleman myself, well, I, I think that's uh, that's valid. Um, <laughs> What's the other word for husky that was used when I was growing up? Chonky. No, chonky's new. I would have uh, punched somebody for saying I was chonky. Husky. husky. Yeah, I remember husky. Husky that's jeans. Yeah. Husky. Yep. When you're a boy and you're yeah. not size four. You're husky. Oh, he's a husky fellow. But there was another word that was used that was, you know, not pejorative. I mean, husky. Of course it was. They're all pejorative. At some point in your life, you're like, oh, okay, that was a nice one. It's like girls now with thick, T-H-I-C-C. I think it's a compliment. I like curvy women, and, and I, but nobody ever comes out. Although dad bod is the new thing. I've had a yeah, dad bod that's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's from girls on Insta and TikTok to get guys our age to be like, oh, they, oh maybe I should follow her. Yeah, but at least it's not said pejoratively. Like, yeah, he's rocking the dad bod. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it means we're comfortable and we're earning a good living enough to buy <laughs> Doritos and Cheetos. You know, two hundred years ago, we would be the the sought after body type. 
because that means that you're well off. Exactly. We were the <laughs> <laughs> we were the husky, the husky generation. <laughs> Fine, good sir. You are quite husky, and I must be quite. Well, I see you are as well. Well, it's a pleasure to be meet. Quite you. popular with the young Hello. wenches, and again, a wench then was like fourteen years old. Hello, huskaroo. <laughs> Maybe we should change it to the hus the the husky. No. That's good. Yeah, you're right. No. Beard and beard nose is good. Anyway, um, so what have you been up to? Well, I but pretty much the same exact thing. I, you know, I I had a uh, take care of my cats. Thank you. No, I I oh I took care of them. What? what? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I've been I've been watching uh, YouTube and doing some occasional work and uh, um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, the uh, Friday night I was supposed to go on a date and then it got canceled. So. Awesome. Now, is this uh, an online dating thing or someone you met through? No, dating? it's someone I've known for a long time that I should know better. I, I went and saw, I did have a date, well, with an old friend from uh, the Henson Company. And we hadn't, we'd been talking about it for like two years to get together. She's quite a world traveler. So we had a lovely. Was it uh, Prairie Dawn? It was not Prairie Dawn. Oh. She's still too young for me. <laughs> uh, she's not thick. And she's about this. Anyway, oh yeah her little arms are that looked inappropriate and i just meant that she's skinny <laughs> um <laughs> no she was not uh, yes anyway so i had a lovely day I went to a place here in los angeles called the castaways oh yes in burbank is, up in the yeah hills, up on the hill uh, and it, again growing up in la it's one of those places that was has gotten amazingly better in the last 10 years they upgraded the, the well it they would just have to be well yeah it was sort of like uh it was what's that islands it was like an islands it was slightly nicer with a great location and then in the last it was like the fire fest before uh, they got yeah. food <laughs> and then and then yeah they got amazing chef and a great cocktails it's really a nice place now so we went there well isn't that nice where were you going to go on your i, I was going to go down to uh the anaheim white house oh wow which is a great italian restaurant that's very... a long drive for a date yeah but you know it's fine i mean did the date live in there or you were, you were gonna pick them up and she was she was down in that area oh okay well that makes sense then yeah you know where i want to go in anaheim is strong water which is supposed to be an amazing tiki what bar. is that it's a very fancy high-end tiki bar um friends of mine gone you have to make reservations sometimes like two weeks in advance it's so popular hmm. They do take walk-ins, but it's a long drive for me to just make. Can you yeah. take me right now? Hey, I'm, is anyone around? I went yeah, three yeah, in the, uh, yeah, they make great tiki mugs too. Um, all right, so that well, covered. That, that sounds that sounds easier than uh, going to uh, uh, Trader Sam's. Uh, well, Sam's, if you go at like two in the afternoon, you can get in and then just. Hang yeah, but who the that. hell wants to go at two in the afternoon? I, I like drinking. <laughs> I, mean, I like, why, I like why, early drinking. Why, why put a limit on it? Also, if you start drinking too, you can be there till eight. And then you get your table and they don't kick you out. Um, yeah, no, you go at, you know, anytime after five, it's like a two hour. It's impossible. Wait. Yeah. yeah. And also they've never expanded. They could turn half of that pool area into Sam's and they would, it's kind of weird and sort of that. I mean, the one in, uh, I was going to say that Disney sort of blinkered thinking is like, well, you know what? We don't want too many people getting drunk at Disneyland. You're not at Disneyland. You're at the hotel. Yeah. Um, also, you make a ton of money. The one in uh, Disney World is is a, is a bit larger because they have this big outside patio deck, but not by much. Mm. Um, it's part of the Titian Terrace, which is a fun hotel. The Polynesian, that's, is it Polynesian something or Tahitian, whatever. It's, it's Relax, like, Kirk. It's Polynesian town. <laughs> Polynesian town. <laughs> Where the birds sing words and the flowers grow. <laughs> there's a movie um yeah when so are you gonna I, do the tiki room movie never i've, I've pitched it i've pitched it and they just kind of stare at me you know if i was michael bay they'd be interested or you know no they, they wouldn't yeah they would didn't he do well, not michael bay uh who's the guy who did pirates of the caribbean it was uh yeah what's his name uh the other guy yeah like michael bay anyway yeah if i was a big producer i'd walk in and they'd be like oh my god are you kidding they don't like yeah. anyway i don't want to bitch about the industry this episode <laughs> I, don't, I don't think yeah. you're gonna make it <laughs> yeah. well anyway i was saying since this is our second episode and people right. might know that much about us uh except that we're delightful uh we could talk about our 
how we got into the business because i i don't know how you got into the business i know i don't even know i know vaguely where you grew up so let's i will interview you darren Duck. okay where'd you yes, grow up kirk thatcher where'd i grow up yeah but well, I, I spent my first uh 11 years in uh elizabeth new jersey right across the uh river from new york oh okay uh and uh got to experience a bunch of uh, new york things uh oh, including middle class white boy middle class white boy uh my dad worked in the uh, advertising uh, business oh, okay. uh, for years and uh, uh i got to go visit sesame street which i showed you those photos yeah when i was amazing. four years old and uh, sesame street was uh two years old um and uh got to experience that and then when i was around 11 we all packed up and moved to illinois to uh a small town that my dad actually was born in and uh outside chicago or outside chicago like an uh, hour's drive to the big city or uh, less than that oh, okay but, so uh, a suburb of chicago right, a suburb yeah right next to uh right next to o'hare field oh okay. um, and uh it was great i mean i you know i went to uh went to middle school and high school there uh and, and uh assume you were an artist the whole time drawing and you know uh, only partially i i had been drawing since i was a you know little uh my dad got me a a a big uh pad of tracing paper Mm. and i would trace uh, record albums and comic books and mad magazines and all sorts of stuff yeah were you a fan was mad magazine a big part of your job i love mad magazine yeah Yeah, of course i mean it's uh it's it's a formative thing for tons of us oh yeah mads magazine and famous monsters were the two yeah. big periodicals that i devoured every yeah day. uh and you know through high school i was involved in creative stuff i was on the speech team and uh, did uh, humorous interpretation and dramatic interpretation and radio and uh, where you would uh, cut a uh, five minute radio news cast mm-hmm. f- right from the wire and oh, wow. and perform it uh live after you cut wow which was fascinating and now, was that uh, off an ap wire or what was it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. when you uh, say perform it you just read it like you're Walter you Cronkite. read it like you're at a radio station oh, okay. and you oh, nice. you uh, time it out so that it fits exactly to five minutes it has to be exactly on the nose wow. and uh you're you know reading it at various paces to make it interesting and uh, that was a fascinating thing i think that's and the I, thing a lot of people don't know about radio and television until recently until streaming everything was down to in television down to the field which is half a frame. right and yeah. uh, when you cut a commercial or a movie or a tv whatever yeah, i remember yeah just for shaving things down like shaving down shots by a second by half second to get that that field dominant you know i forgot there's two fields which one had to be and you're like geez louise right. I didn't know radio was, I guess you're not doing fields, but you're still cutting it to the second. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Because um, you got to fit all those commercials in. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what pays the bills. Uh, so, 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 yeah, but between... Point, that film was not a passion for you? or Well, a... I mean, I, I enjoyed movies, mm. certainly, since I was little. And, uh, you know, when... But you weren't like, movie. I'm going to work in showbiz. Well, I, 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 I kind of thought that I wanted to do something in mm. the entertainment industry okay okay um i was uh very uh much in love with the star wars radio shows wow i've never even heard them that npr uh did in i knew of them i never in association with kusc at uh at usc um they produced these uh uh 13 half hour episodes was it a serialization of the first movie of a new hope yes Yes. And did they get? I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask. I think I know the answer. Did Mark Hamill do the voice? Of Absolutely. Luke? Yeah, but that was that was the first thing that got him involved in doing voice work and stuff or voice yeah. work. Now, what did Carrie or uh, Harrison or I no? They, uh, yeah. uh, they had uh, an actress named Ann Sachs who did Leia, and uh, uh, Perry King played oh. Han Solo, and uh, Brock Peters was Darth Vader. It was oh, really, really well done. Brock and. Peters. I I was just uh, fascinated with it, and uh, it was through this that I got involved in doing sound stuff. Uh, Did they have the the audio effects for Chewie? They had they had everything. 
I yeah, had Ben everything. Burgess. Oh, that's amazing. How fun. Yeah, because Ben worked with them right. on this, and uh, and they uh, produced it, and it was really, really well done. Uh, and so it was through that that I got involved in, you know, basically doing my own sort of uh, tape recording and, and uh, mixing and all that right. sort of stuff. I thought for a while that I wanted to do that for movies. Uh, oh, go into audio. The audio. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. I did not, I did not know that. Wild. Uh, and it was, it was through that that I, you know, did all sorts of, you know, little projects and recordings and brought friends in to do voices and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and by the time I was a junior in high school, our local cable uh, company had a studio and they had local access programming. And I got heavily involved in that. I produced a couple TV shows well, through them amazing. and uh, learned all you. about learned all about carrying the the big tape recorder and the and the huge uh, uh, yeah. video camera. And, for doing uh, for doing uh, EMG stuff. Or, absolutely, absolutely. Wow. So you've seen Steve Brule, right? On check. check oh, of out. course, of course. <laughs> yeah. So that that must be triggered. Check it out. <laughs> I just love the way he never looks at the. Ca- I just love that show. Anyway, it's brilliant. That's amazing. So you were shooting and editing and writing and kind of doing everything. It all? Yeah. How yeah. Awesome. Uh, and it was it was through that that I realized. Well, I I you know because I, I had been in band for you know almost 10 years by that time and what did you play clarinet and uh oh. and saxophone and uh wow do you pick it up at all anymore i, I do occasionally it, I it, love clarinet it, and it cuts the hell out of my mouth because yeah. uh you know you gotta get that in, in tone reed? is it a bamboo reed or what are the reeds uh, like? uh, yeah reeds reed reeds Reed reads. <laughs> what's it called? Were they, what's that name of that plant? Is it literally a reed? It's something they it's grow. A like, yeah, it's a it's some a, company a that, grow, that grows the reeds, and are they yep. like? I love that. They're like that would be a great character in a in a film. What do you? What's your family? Oh, I work on the family farm. What do you grow? We I'm grow a reader. reeds. Yeah, I'm a reader. You're a reader. Yeah, we grow the reeds. reeds. No, 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 we grow weeds. The highest quality reeds. They're should coming up like reeds. <laughs> well, you should cut them down. What? <laughs> Okay. So I was I was very into band and I I had you know uh, played uh, first chair clarinet back and forth for uh, all those years of high school uh, and I played a solo uh, my junior year and I was you know thinking well which way should I go should I go into music should I go into into Audio. you know showbiz whatever that meant can you please say showbiz and wave your hands showbiz showbiz there you go. Uh, the rest of the all our podcast, where we say showbiz, we right? Jazz hands, okay. So I I, uh, I applied to. Uh, did I only apply to two schools? I think I applied to two schools when I was getting out of high school. I applied to University of Illinois, mm. down in Champaign Urbana, the birthplace of Hal Nine Thousand, uh, wow. and that's a deep cut. Yeah, and USC, University of Southern uh, California. Uh, Ah. And I got into both. And you chose. And I chose USC. So, I I I figured that you know if I'm going to do this, I'm just going to dive in. Wow. Without a net, and uh, I'd never been to California before. Now, what year was this? This is. This 90- was 1985, uh, August of 1985. And okay, so you move you moved to LA. So there's moved a little to LA. You on your own, no friends here. Didn't no friends, had, had, no one. And you, uh, you boarded at SC or you got yeah. on, on campus. Okay. Yep. Now the first question is, cause everyone I know went to SC has famous graduate, you know, people they went to school with that went on right. to become, you know, Jim Cameron's or whatever. Right. Who, who was your group that have gone on to be big and fancy? Um, there, there's several just right ahead of me, but there, there was one who was uh, in my it would have been my class if I'd stayed there. Right. Um, Matt Reeves, who uh, oh, sure. directed the Batman and the, uh, and the Planet, Planet of the Apes, Apes he was. Uh, I've met Matt, lovely guy. He was a uh, a classmate there, and yeah. uh, uh, and JJ Abrams was his best buddy, right? I mean, did JJ go to SC? I don't think JJ went to SC. Oh, okay, so they just must have met in the biz because I know that they were like you know thick as thieves back in the yeah. early 
was it just yeah jj produced you know his stuff early on uh and uh yeah i i used to know everyone from that sure. class and what became of them but uh it's been and you were a film a major time. well or i was an undeclared undeclared okay because i i was accepted to the university but not to the film school uh uh probably because i wasn't related to anyone yeah. but <laughs> that being said that's fine because i took all the all the classes, classes that i wanted to uh you know i i couldn't uh, take any of the production classes but i took a bunch of them i took an editing class i took uh, a a directing class actually that uh, i directed a 16 millimeter uh film one semester uh that wasn't a it wasn't a a track class uh but it was really good i mean you know i think the best part of it was that i met all these people that i would be you know working with uh, or for students or faculty well uh, students the faculty was okay. was stuck there like a friend of mine teaches their tv writing and he's a full-time you know writer uh, showrunner in, in television so but he I, teaches I think now they have uh, a better situation for teachers right. to come in. Uh, back then, the, the teachers had pretty much uh, they were uh, stayed in teaching. Right. Okay. Uh, though, you know, th there was a, a, you know, a great uh, collection of teachers who had been there forever. Uh, there was... Uh, yeah, no, there, some of them were famous. Eddie Dimitrik, who was, uh, he was, uh, he was, you know, blacklisted in the 50s and... Uh, he was so a teacher. Extreme there. radical communists, of course. Yes, that, absolutely. That's who runs our universities, as we were told weekly by the. Hopefully, I, I mean, I wish someone would run the universities, uh, but uh, it was a fascinating experience because uh, though I never got in, I I sort of dived into everything. I got a job working in the post production building, and was you know helping the students do their projects by showing them how the, all the stuff worked. How do you use Moviola or how do you, yeah. 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 Now, and, and you went for two years? How long did you go? I went for basically one and a half years. Yeah, okay. I, 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 I was there two years, but uh, right. I basically uh, gave up the, uh, gave up the ghost because I, I had uh, applied for, well, money, money was horrible. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I had applied for the film school five times and, and didn't get in. Uh, it's fine. Because, you know, I, I basically saved $80,000. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, most of the people I admire, most of them didn't go, you know, Spielberg didn't go to SC. Lucas right. did. Cameron yeah. did not. Cameron was, you know, worked his way up. I mean, that's, I, and you know, the directors, producers, and CEOs, most of them didn't get a degree from anywhere. Yeah. And uh, I, I've always... You know, some people are like, oh, where'd you go to school? I was the same thing. I went to UCLA for like a year and a half. If you ran all together, it was over like mm -hmm. three or four year period. Just taking classes because the same thing is like they wouldn't they wouldn't even let me touch a camera until I was a junior. I'm like, so I went off and I don't know, made Return of the Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, very cool. OK, so you went there and you started working as a TA, I guess you'd call it. It was sort of. Yeah. 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 And then uh, when did you start actually getting jobs in the biz itself? And well, did the art start? Because I always think of you as an artist and mod graphics designer. Well, the mom. funny thing is with I, I actually use that to make some money uh, for uh, classes. Uh, I would do titles for student films. Sure. And, uh, you know, whatever, you know, graphics they needed. I there was like some Letraset and lifts and all that. Totally. Yeah, I did. All yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one of the guys that I did this for was Lee Unkrich, who oh, later later yeah. uh, went to direct a bunch of Pixar movies. And yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but he was, you know, right across uh, the uh, courtyard from me in the in the next building over. And uh, I got to know him during those times. And uh, it was it was fun. And the, the greatest part of it was that the one of the first classes that I signed up for was called the well I, I forget what the technical term for the class was but this year it was it was the back to the future class they would have they would screen one film during the semester and then have representatives from almost every department on the film come in and talk about their work 
Okay. And it was amazing. We had uh, uh, we had the production designer Larry Paul come in. We had uh, uh, the uh, we didn't have Bob Zemeckis show up, uh, okay. but we did have Arthur Hiller come in. Wow. Uh, and the the the, uh, the class was taught by this guy named Leon Roth, who was this uh, sort of older guy who had been in the business for, you know, 30 years at that point. He used to work for the Mirish Company and uh, was a sort of an a, a executive, uh, film executive. But he came in because he, he taught this class because he knew everybody in town. Right. And uh, he could bring them in. Uh, we had Alan Silvestri come in and talk about uh, his score. Wow. And it was it was through this class that uh, I met and became friends with this guy who was sitting up near the front. Uh, and when they screened Back to the Future without music, just to show us how it looked without music, he and I started humming the music for it. Uh, and And his name... And his name was Van Ling. Oh. And we met in that class and we became fast friends. And I began helping him with his projects that he was working on. Okay. Uh, he was and, uh, another student uh, graduate? or he, was Well, he... He, was, he was just about to graduate. Okay. This was his last year. Right. Um, and he was doing, you know, art projects too for various uh, student productions. And uh, I helped him uh, build a uh, a foam core set of the Discovery for uh, one uh, director's uh, uh, adaptation of a swim coach's uh, uh, discussion with a student that he changed into Hal talking with Dave Bowman. And, so there you uh, go. Early seeds were planted. Uh, totally, uh, and. We uh, we built this foam core set, and uh, at one point, Jim Cameron was actually over building it with us, uh, cutting out foam core and shit. So, um, and Jim had done Battle Beyond the Stars. Jim had done everything uh, through Aliens. He'd just finished Aliens. Oh, holy cow! Okay, so he yeah. was established. Yeah. Well, I think. Well, so he'd done Terminator, which yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh but, wow! But and see, he was but just what? There he was well, friends with Van. I mean, how does that guy end up doing? Yeah. I, I'm jumping around a lot because at one point Van built uh, with the help of some friends, not me on the costume, um, but uh, he built this power loader costume in the Halloween after Aliens. Oh, and, okay. And he rented a pickup truck, took it to the Fox lot <laughs> and started walking around in front of uh, their uh, production oh company offices and gail was there jim wasn't there gail was there uh gail ann heard and she said oh my god this is amazing here you need the costume that goes with it he says what and she brings out the ripley uh jumpsuit and the shoes wow and then van went on to uh that day go down to the south bay and win a costume contest in the whole getup Wow. Uh, and he won 500 bucks that paid for making the yeah. costume. Um, and after that, uh, he got, we were, I think, I think we were uh, roommates by this time, uh, living in, uh, in sin, Sherman Oaks, <laughs> which is close to sin. We weren't in sin. We sin were never, Jason. we never sinned. It was completely open and everyone Perfect. enjoyed little, it. Little angels. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, Van gets a gets a message on his answering machine. Hey, Van, this is Jim Cameron. I hear you have a power loader that is of note. Uh, I'd love to see it sometime. Give me a call. So, and wow. Jim was very uh, pleased with uh, Van's work on this, and uh, he uh, he hired him to. Uh, restore the miniature power loader puppet that wow. was destroyed on set wow. it it fell down out out the uh, airlock and crashed on the cement floor so that part was cut game, out game knows game yeah um I mean, that's i've heard that you know cameron 
you know, not the most genteel of directors in terms of yelling and shouting at people and having a temper. But if you are talented, he will, especially in model making and effects, because that's where he came up through an artistic talent, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Actors. Yeah. So that's very cool. And, and, And so Van and I restored this, this miniature, mostly Van, but I, I helped, I painted it and did all sorts of weathering on it. Um, and Jim thought it was great. He said, you guys did a great job. And, uh, how'd you like to do the big one? I said, what? <laughs> yeah. So the big one meant the full size power loader and alien queen. Oh was, God, the queen too. Well, we didn't work on that. Stan's guys worked on that. Right. Okay. Cause they, yeah. But they're, they were right behind us. Yeah, we, yeah. we were working on this, uh, this, uh museum display for the museum of science and industry across from uh, i remember that across from uh usc USC. and uh we basically rebuilt the power loader uh painted it and restored it you're still students at this point yeah well uh van had just graduated and i had just dropped out basically okay so you're living at sc yes Uh, well yeah no we yeah and how old are you at this point? You're like 20... 19. Oh, shit. Yes. Yeah. My French. Excuse me, everybody. <laughs> Holy cow. That's yeah. amazing. It, it, it was amazing. And and I I never regretted leaving SC f- for doing this because it's... Uh... That's why we get along. We both went yeah, to college. Yeah. Yeah. And we went to rival schools. I went to UCLA. He went to SC. Yeah. And look well, at us now. <laughs> <laughs> look at us on the top of the heap. Two Literally. bearded, two weirded beardos who can't get dates on New Year's Eve, but whatever. Uh, so it, uh, so that grew into Van doing research for Cameron, and uh, by that time we were uh, we were roommates with two other guys in uh, in Sherman Oaks, right? And uh, and it grew into uh, the Abyss starting pre production oh, at okay. Fox in L.A. So you kind of got into it sideways, like a lot of people. Totally, do. totally. Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, I I had thought that you were one of us that was making models, and, and maybe you were. You didn't. I mean, that. I I did, but nothing nothing that. Not, well, also growing up in Chicago, it's not like oh, this is a job. It's like oh, this is yeah. fun. You know. Exactly. exactly. I think the advantage I had, if it's an advantage, <laughs> is that in L.A., my next door neighbor, my best friend's dad was a post production guy, and and my parents knew an actors, and also you know we would. Remember we were riding our bikes one day and James Garner's filming uh, Rockford Files. So we just, it That's was a awesome. world that yeah. was accessible. Uh, yeah. It still was, it didn't seem achievable, particularly for like the average Joe's. So like, yeah, I think I'll go into showbiz. So we showbiz. But I bet it, it felt closer to you being yeah. amongst oh, it. Absolutely. I mean, Universal Because I was completely yeah. disconnected from I, any I'm of that. And I had no am- idea what that world was. Right. So it was really moving to LA and SC that kind of made you go, oh, this is a. Totally. Yeah, totally. And then, I mean, well, and then starting with Cameron, your career sort of, but you know, your artistic skills again, you, I mean, I think people may or may not know the amazing drawings you did for a master commander and your, your skill with uh, modeling and what you did for the next, the, um, the reboot of, uh, and I'm, I'm kind of jumping around your career because right. the highlights that I know. When did you start going, oh, you know, this, I mean, obviously your painting skills and all that, but drawing your, your drawings are great and your, your designs are you know, phenomenal. I mean, which, what you led to do all the stuff you've been doing. When did that kind of kick in? Well, I mean, it, it kicked in when I was hired to do model building on, on the abyss. So uh, you kind of earned while you learned or learned while you earned? Totally. Totally. I, I had, you know, I mean, I, I built models as a kid. Sure. Then you'd but drawn, but you I had no idea what the, uh, you know, what anything entailed. Uh, but I, I knew that I could, I could do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, in my mind, but the great thing was All that the things I could do in my mind. I, well, I <laughs> somewhere in the back of my mind, actually, um, the thing was that here I was. We had like three offices in a uh, an accounting building at Fox. We were completely stealth. Yeah, and in one of the rooms was Ron Cobb. Oh. <gasps> Okay, if people don't know, Ron Cobb is sort of the godfather, one of one of the main guys. One of the main guys who who created the job of concept illustrator. Concept, yeah, I mean, 
before that it was sort of a storyboard artist or art department thing yep but uh george hired ron on star wars he did some yep. of the designs for some of the most memorable characters again you, i'm not telling you i'm kind yeah, of no, yeah. no, no. if you don't know who ron cobb is uh he was a cartoonist he's american but he was a cartoonist in australia for like the free press for years and then, yeah he I, I don't know if he did that there or if he lived in the no state. he did that when he was in santa monica because he, yeah. he he uh did like, cartoons for the uh the free press for was, uh years and years it was brilliant george the first one who hired him because i know he was well it no been george and the then... first one to hire him was really? john carpenter oh for which movie for dark star oh my gosh you're right i do remember that for the ship ron designed the dark star yes but now how did john carpenter was it they were college buddies or? i don't know i don't think so i i don't there's a rabbit hole we could go down. i mean i i think that perhaps dan o'bannon knew right. of ron's work because of course o'bannon was a huge uh, art freak and right. got to know all of the uh you know artists doing things yeah bill stout and Ron yeah Cobb, all those guys yeah yeah which is why he hired them for alien or hired uh, Ron for Alien. Yeah. Right. Well, because he, he'd hired them for Dune before that, for Yodorovsky. Oh, I did not know that. I knew yeah. he hired Mobius. I didn't know Ron had worked on it. Oh, yeah. Wow. All that all that project uh, was the impetus for the art department and Alien. Oh, interesting. Okay. Wow. All right. So anyway, so... Did so you go I, and bug I, Ron? <laughs> I, I did. Constantly, yeah, he was a lovely uh, and guy. he was so delightful. He was, and now we so... both look like him, except we don't have well, the, that's true. The, the beetle haircut. But that's right. Go back down to the goatee. It's funny because he was a he was a big, he was husky. Yeah, and uh, had gray hair and a goatee, and, but he had that kind of weird beetle haircut, which yeah. I didn't think necessarily. Yeah, it was you know he had the the bangs like this. Yeah, and a bowl cut, but a lovely guy. I met him. It was a cross between a beetle haircut and a Captain Kangaroo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That Captain Kangaroo, yeah. But a lovely guy. I'm willing to talk oh my to anybody. Just, yeah, no ego. He was so he was so um kind and and full of encouragement and I think that uh you know I uh endeared myself to him when I was asking all these questions and actually had an interest in, you know, behind the behind the drawings how he was thinking this stuff right, up right. and uh you know at uh on on that project it was just you know just sort of dove in and uh in addition to ron there was uh, a brilliant storyboard artist uh, named phil norwood oh uh, phil went up at ilm i met him working that's at right at ilm yeah right he he had finished with ilm at well, this I point don't... I used to hang out and have lunch with him or dinners with he and his wife, Noni. Noni, yeah, uh, absolutely. But yeah. Uh, Phil became one of my greatest friends, oh, he's and uh, he's uh, he's awesome. I think he's very near retirement right now. Isn't he in Canada? Did he move? No, 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 no. He's uh, he's in uh, mid mid uh, California. I I lost touch with him, but he was a sweetheart. So you met him after I knew him because I knew him in the early eighties. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and for people who don't know Ron Cobb, it's R-O-N, obviously C-O-B-B, look him up. There's a few books on his work. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not familiar with it, definitely Google that name. And, uh, I mean, and, the, uh, the amount of, the amount of creative work that he did for tons of films over the yeah. years. Uh, I mean, video he, games, he kind of, when the last time I saw yeah. him, he was in the Bay area working on space truckers. I think it was called, yep. and it was a video game where he was, it was, he was this, it was his story and he was designing the whole thing. It didn't really take off. I think it was on a platform. I think it was 3DO or not 3DO. Yeah, something. One of the platforms that didn't really take off. But when when the early days of video games are going to be amazing. And uh, yeah, a lovely guy. He was working. I don't know if he moved up there, but I, I saw him up in the Bay Area, I guess, in the 90s. And, yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. So Ron Cobb, that's an amazing mentor. Jim Cameron, amazing mentor. Yeah. Uh, uh, and was uh, Jim as forthcoming with info and chatting or just kind of there and uh, he he was he was fine i mean he no. you know he he would uh come by and check on uh what was uh what was going on and right and uh uh you know i, I built a uh a model of the the main tank and how the deep core set would fit into it 
at uh, was it a quarter scale? Yeah. So this is Exacto knives foam core. Were you painting, or are they just all gray models? They're all gray models. They're all gray models. Um, now, do you just? Sorry to jump in, but do you no. play around with that stuff now in like a SketchUp or anything? Is because that's amazing in terms of doing it without. Getting well, I, I've I, I've done that kind of stuff on on bigger three D projects. I mean, I, I I built the entire uh, interior of the Discovery from two thousand one in three D. And that was just as a hobby. Or that was, was that just for... goofing around, yeah. Because you do you use those skills on the on the um, the director's cut of motion picture Star Trek. Yeah. Motion yes. Yeah. I know that. Um, okay. Anyway, so so God, Ron Cobb, Jim Cameron. You're 19, 20 years old. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think, let's see. Right before I turned, this was right before I turned twenty one. So uh, they. You know, they were packing up to go to uh, uh, to South Carolina to start pr the production. Right. And, uh, you know, there was no uh, there was no offer to, hey, well, come with us right. and we'll hire you. So I had to ask I, the you know, production designer was Les Dilly, who had worked on uh, tons of uh, movies that I had yeah. loved. And uh, I was less uh, less annoying to him. Because I, I, I knew that he sort of had a uh, a direct connection to possibly hiring me, um, and so I basically uh, offered to be the you know PA in right. in South Carolina, and the UPM said, "Well, here's the deal: um, if you can get yourself there, we'll hire you as a local. Yeah. We'll hire you as a local." Yeah, that's that is probably the most common way most people I know got into the business who didn't live in LA. If you get right. to LA, we'll hire you as a local. Right. Yeah. But it was great because it was a test. Of course. Uh, and myself oh. and uh, the uh, who became the office PA uh, by the name of Ken, uh, he and I drove out to South wow. Carolina across the country. And uh, when we got there, we reported in, and and uh, the UPM said, "Good job, guys. Uh, here, we'll we'll get you a place to live, and uh, and uh, wow, and here's well, uh, you know it, another hundred dollars more a week." Oh, uh, it, there is a reason that a lot of the people who are successful or who've been in the business a long time, and they're even in their fifties, and they've been in the business forty, you know, for yeah. forty years almost. Uh, it's because you don't, you aren't married, and you don't have kids, and you can do exactly that. You can move to wherever. I mean, I, turn on a dime. Yeah. Yeah, and you just make it. You just make it work. It's not a question, and there is that. I don't know if it's a sacrifice because I think for you and for me, it was never a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. I, I, I dropped everything and moved to New York when Jim Henson said, "Hey, do you want to come work with me?" I'm like, "Yeah, uh, yeah, yes." I'm saying moved to Northern California. I mean, it wasn't even there was no hesitation yeah and i realized a lot of people are like what about my girlfriend what about my dog what about my whatever and if you were and, and that's the thing about this business people are you, it's not a casual industry i think a lot of people go yeah. oh yeah I'll, I'll move to la and you know i'll have a wife a kid and a dog and, and then I'll, I'll get a job in it and and there are people that do do that um i think a, a big part of it is just the fact is that especially when you're when you're young, it's a lot easier too. Again, you're 19, 20, 21. Most people aren't married with kids. Um, but uh, it, that, that willingness to just tear up your life and, and leave for a job, right? which again, it's not the rest of your life. It's not like you're moving to go work at Microsoft or IBM or something. No, it's, I know this is a nine month. Maybe going to get a few months. Yeah. Yeah. But for the experience, again, kind of earn while you learn. I don't know if that happens much anymore. Everything's very different, but it really was that, you know, I go west young man it's like go where the work is young man and, and yeah. that was amazing okay so well and it, you know it also you know taught about the it's basically circus life yeah you know? it, uh, exactly you run away and join the circus yeah and and the experience on that movie was incredible and uh you know i i did everything i was uh, asked to do and and more and uh uh, I'm the guy who came up with the, the saying uh, "life's abyss and then you dive," <laughs> and uh, I also 
I also did a painting of the logo that said the abuse. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I, I was very proud of those things. And uh, so was uh, Gail Ann Hurd when she would later claim that she came up with those things, which is no. great. Well, you can you go, go as far and as fast as you want as you don't, if you don't care who gets the credit. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. I mean, I kind of, when I hit about 55, I said, I'm really tired of making other people rich. Yeah. And, and getting, giving them credit. I mean, I get it. It's a pecking order, just like in the real world. I mean, but the thing is, you still get to do what you get to do. And the people in the know, the people that you care about know. Yeah. And, yeah. The, you know, the fact that the public at large doesn't know, well, it doesn't matter. And you can tell them like you just did. <laughs> it's, look, I wouldn't trade anything. Yeah. It was, exactly. it was a, a, an amazing opportunity for my first movie. That's amazing. And, so uh, you did that. Now you're, you're, you're friends with the whole, I mean, I don't mean to gloss over it. I'm just trying yeah, yeah. to move along to you did. Okay. So then you come back to LA, come back to LA. So that was nine, uh, 10 months a year. How long was that? It was, uh, I think we were there for, let's see. Uh, about eight months. Okay. And then came and back doing... for another, for another three months working oh, down in the South Bay. At a, now, were you doing drawings at this point? Were you starting to do your marker stuff, or no? Um, I I did a couple. I did a couple drawings uh, by that time, mostly colored pencil on uh, on black Caslon oh, sure. paper, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because another one of the designers that was working there, Steve Berg, uh, oh, yeah. was uh, brilliant and did that kind of artwork. Uh, and uh, he's an art again, center grad. It's a very art center kind of thing to do. I, I've noticed. Yeah, but he, he he never went to art center. Oh, okay. He's he's almost self-taught, which is yeah. amazing. Like Same. Ron Cobb. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, most of us couldn't afford to go to Art Center US. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. totally. And um, and well aware of my deficiencies in rendering. So I, I wanted to be an illustrator early on. Yeah. Like, oh, God, I just do not have the patience to do So did that. George Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. And then a race car driver. And then, yeah. and then he settled for being George Lucas. Right. Um. So you come back to LA. You've done I'm the back abyss. to LA. Uh, am out of work for probably uh, six months. Yeah, you know, just figuring. Are you in van still roommates or no? You've moved on. You've uh, you're in Sherman Oaks. No, we we uh, closed up that apartment when basically almost all of us went to work on the abyss. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, then uh, Les Dilly gives me a call and says, uh, I'm going to be uh, starting on this project. Uh, if you uh, want to come along, that would be lovely. And what project was that? And that was uh, Exorcist 3. Wow, there you go. And so uh, your career kind of started, that was sort of, Abyss was really the beginning of your film career. Entirely, yeah. I mean, and I had I had done work before that for, I worked for, uh, Kevin Pike's uh, effects company and building oh, yeah. some stuff for him and uh, and uh, worked as sort of an assistant to a uh, writer director, uh, basically taking care of, uh, there wasn't email yet, but <laughs> taking care of uh, stuff on the computer, making sure all the scripts were uh, uh, formatted correctly and all that sort of stuff. Um, okay, so just because yeah. we have like 10, 15 minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up. Well, no, yeah. no, I'm just trying to cover it all at least one episode. This would be the Learn About Darren episode. Oh, don't don't worry. We're, we're, we're doing you next time. <laughs> well, I've heard that. How do you think I got this business? We're doing you Oh, next my time. God. Oh, hey. Should have done it better. What? <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell you. It's not easy. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, so, you I, go I, work on Exorcist. Did, I, I worked on Exorcist 3 as uh, assistant to the production designer. Uh, which was basically a non-union way of, uh, say non -union, yeah. uh, of letting me do anything that I could. Right. And uh, I my, uh, yeah. came I very, with very close to uh, what? That was the same thing with the associate producer on Star Trek yeah. 4. You could yeah. do anything you want because it wasn't a union job. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was great because that, uh, that let me do more stuff and let me, you know, yeah. sort of figure out what I wanted to do. Uh, and it was basically from that that uh, I realized that I wanted to be an illustrator and I could do that stuff. I did some storyboarding on the movie 
and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. But uh, uh, I figured that's what I wanted to be, at least officially. Right. Uh, and it was the next movie, uh, Guilty by Suspicion, with uh, Robert De Niro and uh, and uh, lots of other actors. It was about the uh, the blacklist in the fifties. Right. And uh, I got to do a bunch of stuff on that. Also did set design and uh, and wow. uh, logo design and all sorts of stuff. Uh, and uh, it was on that movie that uh, I got into the union because uh, they were a non-signatory at the beginning and they signed in the middle of production and we all got brought in. That's nice. So that was a, a lucky really thing. opened up your possibilities. For Absolutely. Work. Absolutely. Um, and I worked with uh, Les on a couple more movies and then, uh, and then thank God, uh, Les's art director on Honey, I Blew Up the Kid yeah. uh, said, don't hire Darren again for a while to less. And this was great because that helped me establish myself with other people. Right. Right. And not, you know, less, less completely yeah. rely on Les's career for now. My did own. he say that to help you or did he say that? Cause you, no, he, he said it absolutely to help me. I got you. And he, he told me this later and he hired me several times after that sure. as well. Um, and of course, for those who don't know, Ed Vero is the actual guy who designed E.T. Yes. And he's the guy who said, if you don't care who gets the credit, you can go as far as you want. Yeah. Well, Carlo is notorious for... Uh, of course. I worked with Carlo. I painted E.T.'s arms. I know you did. And Craig Reardon. Because <laughs> Craig Reardon had painted the original because Carlo painted and paint. Carlo was an, a very clever engineer or mechanical yes. Yes. Not a creature designer, not a painter, not not a sculptor. Um, I mean, just, which is fine. I mean, a lot of production designers can't really even draw. They're just good yeah. at, you know. They're they set producers. Really yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a good term, actually. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, I've I've got, I've seen Ed's stuff. I've never met him, but I, I, I'd he's, heard that. He's, but, he's yeah. one of the greats, and uh, obviously he did uh, storyboards on uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and and et and uh, all sorts of uh, movies and he's a brilliant artist and uh and he was uh, one of my mentors uh, after less so wow so those are good those are good peeps they're they're great. are you into, are they still around i don't know uh, and i'm sure less has passed but is, is less working? hasn't passed he's uh, he's wow. not he's not doing too well i haven't heard from him uh, in a year or so uh but uh you know he's dealing with uh Things that uh, that sure. people deal with, uh, dementia, etc. Um, Ed Vero is doing okay. He's uh, he's now retired. All all the people that I that I worked with had either retired or died. Well, yeah, everyone I worked with has passed. Yeah. I mean, Jim Hansen. Well, George Lucas is not, but or Phil Tippett's still around. Right. But yeah, uh, <laughs> Jim Hansen, fifty three, which is horrible. Leonard yeah. Nimoy died in his seventies. Again, terrible. Right. Uh, but those two were really uh, Jerry Jewell, who was my writer. Right. It's all passed away. I mean, Jim was shockingly early. Uh, oh yeah. And, but Jerry and, and Leonard were both in their seventies, and then way before. I mean, they literally had a good 10, 12 years at least, even by you know uh, insurance uh, right. bill tables. And uh, so I don't know. Maybe don't work with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the. I mean, it, yeah. just, it takes you're a lot the out of you. Person one. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Um, well, I mean, that, that brings me to something I've, I've thought about a lot is the mentorship, which is not, you know, used to be part of the whole union thing. That was it. You've right. mentored and, and uh, it wasn't official in my case. It sounds like not in your case. It's just these guys, again, game knows game. They're like, oh, you're a talented kid, you know, make me look good. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, you know, not everybody gets to be David Fincher or is a David Fincher. I knew I wasn't. I didn't have. You know, David was make, directing stuff. We were in our early, I was his production designer in early rock videos and he snapped up and, you know, he was groovy and slick and he knew what he was doing. And and I, I worked was, with him on seven. Yeah. How'd you, how did, now what did you do on seven? I, uh, I, I did uh, set sketches and stuff and I did uh, some designs for the, uh, uh, the knife dildo. Oh God. And, yeah. uh, uh that was a fun job we need some knife dildo drawings yeah. and darren you, you're familiar um 
Who was the production designer on that that brought you uh, in? Arthur Max. Oh, okay. Did you ever work with Rick Heinrichs? I, I did. Uh, just last last year, I did. Oh, on which project? On uh, the uh, Glass Onion. Oh, that's right. I did see that he did the second one. It's the second one. Yeah, the yeah, second, second Knives yeah, Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that, yeah. Um, so the mentor thing, I, I, I think to yeah. some degree, we both owe our careers to, again, older, more talent, or not more talent. More established. Established talented people kind of bring in the young. I mean, Jim Henson, that's how I met him. I yeah. was 24. Uh, Leonard Nimoy certainly is 22. Uh, and they just kind of go, oh, cool. And, and there's no... I think part of it is there's no fear of we're going to take their job. We're not gunning right. for their job. And again, a lot of it's personality. You're just, oh my God, I'm a sponge. Tell me everything. I just, so, you know, uh, and I don't, it's, it's, uh, you don't see it so much in writing. Uh, in writing, it's more solo. Like if you write a, something and people like it, they might bring you in as a writing staff on right. TV and movies. You're just right. Uh, you're basically a lone gunman in the, in the, in the motion picture writing world. Um, but in the arts, the crafts, editing, all that, there's, it's definitely, so I think, again, people always ask me, how do I get in the business? It's like, when you can apprentice yourself to somebody whose work you admire, most people who aren't, you know, uh, huge egomaniacs, and there aren't a lot in the business, the people who keep working, are really happy to talk about, I mean, composers, um, I mean, um, a friend of mine, a couple friends of mine, who are composers of, of note. Uh, he One mentors people, another one was mentored by a guy to the point where he didn't leave early enough and became like his guy. And it was right. hard to earn respect and then until finally he got his own show and, and kind of broke away. And then, uh, so, you know, it, it's a balance. You don't want to become uh, pigeonholed. Yeah, absolutely. kind of hold. <laughs> right. You just don't want to get a hold. Um, but, uh, so, okay. So, I mean, just give the laundry list of stuff you worked on, uh, what you've been doing, but I mean, geez. I, I got to work on so many uh, great projects. I mean, I, the, does IMDb the list most of them? It, it lists most of them. Okay. Uh, I, I worked on Sleepless in Seattle for a couple of months up in Seattle. Uh, I worked on uh, Adam's Family uh, Values, the right. second Adam's Family movie. Um, and uh, did a bunch of stuff on that. Did a ton of storyboards, and uh, got to come up with a couple gags for that too. And that was fun. Do you think? Uh, then they, uh... ba basically just bouncing around, doing all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it was uh, it was only uh, you know in the late nineties when uh we had the opportunity to work on the robert wise uh star trek movie right uh the, the reissue or the, the reissue the yeah. director's edition and uh that took us through you know 2001 uh but it was it, it was really interesting because i had been trying to sort of uh re recreate myself because more and more uh, illustrations were being used to create actual, you know, either actual props or stuff that was going to be made into toys or things like that. Right. And the interpretation of the drawings uh, always fell flat to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I, so I wanted to get involved in doing 3D and doing building models of stuff in 3d right to Which help actually could be translated actually could be translated into people being able to know what was, was being like designed electric image or soft image or uh, i started wave. i started with a program called strata oh strata strata uh, which was you know stone knives and bear skins but yeah. uh <laughs> but then uh on the star trek project i got into uh, moto or i'm sorry uh right. light wave oh light wave yeah and then uh and then learned moto, moto when i was on uh iron man 2. i remember uh, guys at ilm uh, in the previous department were sold on moto yeah yeah uh, yeah john john knoll is still a fan yeah it. yeah and they, they even did shots in the uh, prequels yeah 
Well, then I know it was rendered in, but uh, I know they said they did them in mobile. Yeah, I, I know that there was a there was a small little unit uh, yeah. that was basically the lightweight unit. And did you start going to SIGGRAPH to were you not? I never went to SIGGRAPH because I, I wasn't really in, in, interested in the in the technical stuff. I just wanted to do stuff. A good it. tool, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you use uh, now for those wanting to get into it? Well, I I use Moto still. But uh, I think if if people want to get into it, you need to learn Blender. Yeah, well, Blender's free, and it's, it's pretty free. sophisticated now. I remember looking at it in the early days going, eh, it's a little clunky, and I had Lightwave. Yeah. I mean, I, to say I dabble is even, it's, it's an insult to dabblers. I, uh, <laughs> I, I do find Unreal Engine to be super easy, though. Uh, it's kind of a point and click. Now, it's not modeling. Right, but for creating scenes, I mean, I, my one of my goals this year, if I can keep my nose to it, even a, a one minute film, is to do an Unreal Engine movie, and probably I'll, if any modeling I'll do, if I don't just buy something and modify it, uh, I'll, I'll do it in Blender. Right, but uh, it's uh, and ZBrush. I like ZBrush. I hate mm -hmm. the interface, but I like the I like the. I love ZBrush. Every time I open it, I forget how to use it. Well, that's the problem. It's like flying an airplane. It's it's literally like flying a jet. And uh, there's a couple other programs out there. I know Adobe has one that I was being demonstrated for me at uh, the Lightbox Expo. Uh, yeah. a, a friend of mine is kind of an Adobe, you know, guru. Dream. Yeah, guru. And he he was showing it, and it's it's like a much simpler. There's like six tools. Mm -hmm. And first of all, the thing that I'm going to bitch about Lightwave for. I mean, not Lightwave for a. Oh God! ZBrush, ZBrush, yeah, my brain. Yeah, they have a billion tools. I know. Yeah, and they call. Well, the first problem is they call the thing you're sculpting the tool. Yeah. I'm like, how do you blow that from the get go? Yeah. It's like an editing software which calls your scene the shot. Right. <laughs> like, no, it's no. A, yeah. Um. Once you get past it, but again, I'm the same. I don't play with it for a while, and I'm like, okay, I got to go back and yeah. Watch. I took a class in it, and even then. I was like, oh my God, it's just. Well, I've, I've, taken, I've taken three Maya classes. I yeah. still can't figure out what the hell to do in Maya. Well, I think what's interesting, I think this is where AI, and we'll, we'll wrap up with this, but uh, <laughs> well, we can talk about tools and software. And I mean, this could be next episode. Um, next episode, all, we talk about the tool called Kirk Thatcher. <laughs> exactly, the giant tool. <laughs> I've, been called, I've been called worse by worse people than you. I mean, better people. Never mind. Uh, uh, well, to, uh, yeah, to wrap up, I would say if people have questions or stuff they want us to talk about, I don't know, yes. on YouTube, if or even in, uh, I don't really listen to podcasts. Well, we, we do now have a uh, an email. Right. We have so just, the yeah. at gmail.com. There you go. And All if they're word. listening to it on Apple, uh, iTunes, is there a place to write in there? No, you just have to write it. Uh, I, I think once, once we get established Comments, there... Yeah. Yeah, uh, then, you know, just rate us five stars. Uh, and, yeah, uh, rate us five rate stars. Us. We are available for dating, obviously. We've established that. Uh, we're rich and successful showbiz types. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we have the free time to what, just sit. Yak what more could anyone ask? Exactly. We're, we're showbiz insiders. <laughs> I mean, look at it. I have a smoking jacket. Uh, yeah, and, it's, it's pretty incredible. And a fancy pipe. Hold on. There and it a is. fancy pipe. Yeah. Yes, 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 marvelous. Oh, and, good. Uh, good. Much, if you want to meet me in person, I'll be careful. I don't want to read the. I don't want to read the, the page twelve report of Mr. how. And then, Your Honor, Mr. Thatcher, after drinking his strange, strange Muppet director found. Ask to measure my inseam. Um, well, yeah, maybe we shouldn't share that. Uh, Maybe I will. Not today. Anyway, thank you for listening. This is our second episode. This is our second episode. At some point, we'll figure out some sort of, uh, again, every time I think about what we're going to do, I'm like, oh, God, 40 subjects we can talk about. And today was mainly the the, the life and times the Darren of show. D, D. Docterman, um, which is interesting. I learned stuff I didn't even know, and I've known you for years. Um, well, that's, that's nice. That's nice yeah, to hear. It's fun. It's fun. I, it's good times. I, I um, look forward to turning the tables on you. Yes, well, I've had tables turned on me by better people. Oh, we did that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've done so many dumb interviews that I think I could give you the. Actually, what I want to do is, if we do this, I'll do the stuff that I don't normally talk about, like kind of the weird cuts and deep, deep dives into things that uh, I'll, I'll gloss over the stuff that you can hear on twenty other, 
interview podcast, but try and go to the interesting. We'll make we'll make sure it's it's yeah, yeah. deep so enough ask, to so that yeah. people can get a taste and and <laughs> get can, a bad taste in their mouth. Can get can go further if they'd like. <laughs> Read more well, about it. Happy New Year, my friend. Thank you. You too. May well, the hope... blessings of two twenty twenty four. Yeah. Uh, make uh, a permanent residence in your abode <laughs> permanent stain in my underpants um <laughs> why is it that everyone's like oh 2024 is going to be a rough year i assume they're talking about the election and kind of the, the, the horrible way our country is is divided but I, it's like why is everyone so prescient about oh, 2024 oh, it's going to be rough yeah, like who no one knows no one knows nothing I, know. I think just fear sells more you know uh, bunker supplies or something I don't well know. i i don't know i don't know about anyone else but uh, i'm glad to wave goodbye to 2023 it's uh, okay yeah i've had worse years but uh i don't know i i the one thing i've learned and we'll end on this or at least all i know is that attitude is everything that positive outlook thing it sounds like total bs but i gotta say that's the only thing you control is your attitude yeah and uh again and by doing that you can pretty much get rid of anyone that is trying to spend time with you it's called denial that's right and i am cleopatra <laughs> queen of denial all right thank you everyone uh, that's thanks a lot and thanks for uh, let's just talk about showbiz tonight on showbiz night <laughs> have a good new year buddy thanks kirk cheers <laughs>